What's going on, y'all? And we back. We back and we better. Bet y'all ain't know I can sing. Look, that's not important. <laughs> we back with the What's Good With You Season 3 podcast. I'm Chef Beans coming through with the mental cuisine. Y'all already know what's good. And this is... This is I don't go by Nia Queen anymore. I'm Nia King LCSW. Talk heavy! I just want y'all to know. Credentials! I'm a licensed therapist now. Licensed. So I need you to address me as such. So, Keith, when you put my name right there, put LCSW for this episode because. Flowers. You deserve it. Work hard. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We've been on break because I've been studying. (laughs) We've been on break, but we haven't taken a break because things still go on. The show must go on. Let's just take the time to catch the people up to what we've been up to. Um, yeah, I think you should go first because, like you said, it's no more just Nia King, Queen. It's Nia King with those credentials. Talk heavy. Let's LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. I am a licensed therapist. I will be opening up my private practice next year. So, you know, some of y'all, I know some of y'all need help. Hit me up. You know, and I and I brought everybody something to celebrate uh, this accomplishment. Oh, I got some gifts. I got some gifts for y'all. You know, I got some little bubbly. The bubbly. You know, I got you one too. You know, come get it later. You know what I'm saying? The bubblini. Thank you I so much. I don't think we could drink it in here, but you know, I just had to get something to celebrate this occasion. This um, accomplishment. This accomplishment. But yeah, you know, cheers to that. Cheers, um, cheers, cheers. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Guys, I had a mental breakdown studying for this exam. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, like, it really was like one of the, I really got really anxious about it because I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed. And, you know, I, I was down my abilities a little bit. Okay. You know, I was down my abilities a little bit, but. Uh, thank you to Terrence who was on season two. Um, he helped me out, um, helped me get a study strategy and he also passed his exam. So congrats to him. Um, but yeah, his advice really helped me, you know, get it together because I was tripping. I was like, damn, what if I, what if I fail by one point? (laughs) Like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And sometimes those what ifs can, you know, make you doubt yourself, but I had to lock in that. Those last couple of weeks, like, Nia, you got it. You got it. You've been working for this for the past three years. You have to trust that your experience is going to allow you to pass this exam. And it was almost like, I don't know if you ever seen Slumdog Millionaire. You ever seen that movie? I don't recall what it was about. Well, he won who wants to be a millionaire, and they didn't believe that he was smart enough to win. But when you look at his life, he went through all these things that made him able to answer each question correctly. Right, leading up to this point. Exactly. So it's like all that trauma and pain and hard work that he had to go through helped him win who who wants to become a millionaire. So that's kind of what I felt like at the exam. It was just like everything that I went through in these past three years helped me pass that exam. So, you know, you know, cheers to that. You know, I'm just I'm very thankful for that, and, uh, oh, yeah, I started a new job. Okay. I told y'all last season that I got a new job, started that. I love it. Um, love working with the high school students, middle school students. Um, I like feeling needed in that capacity. Yeah. And I could definitely tell that those schools needed a, a therapist there because the kids got a lot going on. Now, yeah. You know, it, it's different than when we grew up, y'all. It, it's completely different, and... I'm just happy to be there to provide support. And, uh, you know, I'm another year older, 27 now. You know, I'm like, dang, okay. Okay, we're getting up there. Be celebrating a birthday over the summer, too. Um, so, yeah, we we a little older, a little wiser. And uh, some other stuff happened, you know. Y'all know, I, I'm tired of talking about dating, so I don't even want to go into that. We're going to focus on positivity we gonna on this get in, episode. We're going to get into that a little later. Wanna, yeah, we, we, could, we could say that for later. Uh, but, uh, Beans, what's up with you? Uh, so, so much has happened since our last... Because when was the last time we recorded? June? Or, or is May? it May? 
think it was in May. Oh, wait, hold on. We had a live show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So much has happened. We since- had a live show. I, I, I can't believe, like, we really did that. So let's get into the live show a little bit. We know we have a bunch of what's good with you, you feel me, people, supporters all over. So we had a live show, I want to say, in June, and it went extremely well. It went extremely well because you ain't got to get ready if you stay ready. And this no, isn't right. just something that we just decided to talk about. It's embellished. It's in us. It's pumping through our veins, the aspect of people taking those internal thoughts seriously. So when we jumped on the live stage and did the live podcast, shout out to the Good News Network and everything like that. Yeah, but we shout just, out to Keith for asking us to be a part of that. Appreciate Keith, that. Keith, Good News. Yeah. And it was just an amazing time, but... The stages won't get any smaller. They'll continue to grow as the conversation continues to grow. And it was just a great time, sold out time. Our friends, loved ones came out and they've been asking, when are you guys going to get back on stage? Mm-hmm. When is season three of the What's Go To podcast coming back? So it's awesome to know that everything that we're getting out, people are listening, people are healing and growing from them. And it's just something to be grateful for. But um, Wait, you know what was crazy, though? After the live show, a group of people came up to me and wanted to talk to me. Like, like I had, like, a little fan club. I was like, I don't know none of these people. And they're like, oh, yeah, so tell me more about this and tell me more about that. And I was just like, wow, I'm really doing something. Like, all my hard work is not going in vain. And, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah, great I, experience. I, I would say. Definitely want to do it again. Yeah, I would say get used to it because it's only going to continue to grow. Freaking. Again, since the last time we spoke, my birthday passed, June 3rd, National Be Intentional Day. That was a hit. That was just a great time. Um, Reshot, Transparency Chapter 4, even though there's some things business-wise handling, which we'll get into a little later, Mm. I just want to say that everybody doesn't want to see you win. Mm. Envy is something that takes over a person's body faster than your favorite alcohol, faster than your favorite elevation whatever you're taking faster than that envy is something that you don't even know is in you but when it hits you you are responded to based off of the actions that you made to create space between people don't get me up here to preaching too early they don't um, want to see you win they everything has been going great i too also got a new job a lot of people don't know that i'm working remote oh, okay I'm working remote. I'll tell you more what it entails, you know, off camera. But just know, like, yesterday's price ain't today's price. That's what it's all about, right? Yesterday's price ain't today's price. And I'm just happy to be in a position where I'm breathing. I'm attracting the love and light that I deserve. And everything is just continuously growing uncontrollably. And because of that, I'm grateful. So it's just I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to give the people what they want and for us to continue to grow and stretch the conversation of, again, mental health and those internal conversations that a lot of people don't know how to talk about. And you kind of like skipped over your premiere. Oh, OK. You know, actually, yo, OK, let's OK. My bad. My actually bad. Talk about I'm a little jaded. I'm a little jaded. A, that was an amazing experience. And just as a spectator, you know, watching the film. I was just like, is Beans in my head or something? Because he just captures the dating life in L.A. so good. Like, so spot on. And I'm telling you, something had happened to me that weekend where I said, I basically said a line that was in, I don't know what her name is, but she did great. But one of her uh, monologues, I literally said something that she said in that monologue to to one of my friends. And I was just like, this is spot on. So, um, yes, I did skip over the screening. Uh, Transparency Chapter 4 screening happened on September 10th. Another sold-out event. Um, and with this, the energy or the intent behind the environment that was being cultivated was for people to see it live on the big screen, to have a host, to have those conversations and everything like that. And the feedback that was given after the screening was a lot of people, yo, that's something I didn't even know I needed. Yo, those conversations were so necessary. Oh, my God, did you write all of this? Oh, my God, did this actually come from your mind? A bunch of different things. So 
just as I spoke about at the talk back during then, I struggle with receiving flowers, but it could be imposter syndrome, a lot of different things. I'm not about to be up here and self-diagnose myself, but it's things that I'm I'm working through. But at the same time, I think especially people who've known you for a long time is like, yes, it came from my mind. Absolutely. Yes, because it's not that people think that you're incapable. I think when they see certain things on a large platform, they put people on different pedestals, but we all have that greatness and that genius that exists inside of us. Some of us take steps towards bringing it out. Some of us might hit do not disturb, but I'm radically leaning into everything that makes me grow and everything that people are seeing me produce is a reflection of that. So I'm grateful that you was able to help volunteer interview people at the end of it, everything like that. I'm happy for all my peers and loved ones who helped out. But yes, this is just, the beginning is just, again, just the beginning. Just the beginning. But I'm grateful because I pray, I want to say at the end of August or the top of September, dear God, please remove everybody and everything that isn't for me. And sometimes it's the people who disappear who you least expect. Mm. But you've got to be even grateful Ooh. about that. So are you ready to pot? Because I'm ready to flip and pot today. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. And I and I want to thank everybody that tuned into season two. I just wanted to share one of the reviews that I'm we talking. had. Um, it says such a beautiful atmosphere with every episode. Both of you are so transparent, intelligent, and amazing souls mm. who bounce off of each other effortlessly. You know, I, I, I when I saw that, I was like, who wrote that? Did my mama try to write that or something? But it was somebody I don't even know. So I appreciate all the reviews and everything. But also, you know, some people wasn't too happy about some episodes. There was some reviews like that where people got... I I got blocked. Oh. I got blocked. Yeah, people... Some people are mad. But let me just tell y'all this. I know what that is, but yeah, go ahead. If you have been a part of my life and you did me wrong and it caused me some type of pain, you're going to be on the show. You're part of the story. You're, you're, you're a part of my story. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sugarcoat it just to save face for you. And I don't even say nobody name. I don't even give no descriptives of the person who or people who do me wrong, but this is a part of my story. So if you mad that I'm saying something on here, like, have to stay mad i'm right. sorry <laughs> if it don't apply let it fly yeah like I, i'm sorry uh you could block me you could block the the podcast instagram page all you want to it's fine but this is my truth and i'm not gonna hide it to make you feel comfortable right i'm sorry i'm sorry uh but yeah we gonna we gonna pod today we gonna pod today which what, what you got chef beans which what, what you want to talk about today so Let's uh I wanna start off with this concept and this theory that I came up with in my head. You could correct me if I'm wrong or give your point of view, but I feel like in media they've been highlighting divorces and breakups more than love. That was on my list, bro. Yo That was I, on my list. Yo, I feel like they've been highlighting it more than love and I, I kinda have my own theory with that because we got, you know, Potential Nia Long and her dude situation. Right. Uh, Tia Mari, uh, Megan Good. It's the little squiggly red line that right. you see between the couples. And you. I feel like that isn't as blown up as marriages and love and cultivation and what it looks like to be in a monogamous relationship. Because at the same time that I'm seeing divorces and things like that get highlighted, I'm also seeing people fight for laws for what it would look like for a polyamorous marriage and benefits mm. in that magnitude or just like different things like that. And it's just, it's just very interesting. Have you noticed that as well? Ah, uh, man, that was on my list of things to talk about because Tia Mowry and her husband been together for 14 years. Right. And it was kind of like, what? It caught, it caught a lot of people off guard. What's going on? It caught a lot of people off guard. And then it was just like a ripple effect, like divorce, 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 divorce. But what what is your theory? Because I have another, I have a different perspective that people, you know, may or may not agree with. But I want to hear yours first. Well, of course, divorce isn't something that's not happening, right? Uh, but I think a lot of people they glamorize these celebrity relationships and right. marriages and title them as goals. Oh, I want to be like that person. Oh my God, that's what true love looks like. Not knowing on the back end. 
there's real life things and just normal human things that happen. And I don't even fall into the line of people trying to even display perfect relationships on the internet because I think it's all fake. I'm always feeling like somebody's trying to sell me something. So when it comes to like breakups and things like that, I'm never surprised, rarely invested because I know most of it is a facade probably connected to something else. Oh my gosh, we're breaking up. Oh, I had to choose me, but check out my book on how I chose me. Oh my God, this is going to happen. (laughs) But now I have all these different photo shoots about what it looks like for femininity and, and being single and mm-hmm. a bunch of different things. But that's my take on it. I think it's just like, of course, people have their algorithms. They're seeing what a lot of people respond to. Oh, y'all like breakup, divorce, trauma? Let's keep showing right. that. That gets the most views. So that's what they're going to put on the shade room or yeah. whatever. That gets the most views. But I think on the other side of that is just a wake-up call for a lot of people. The same people who probably blocking our podcast probably shy away from freaking the aspect of what true love could look like and be cultivated in their lives. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they'll rather feed into the demise of everything else that's going on. Yeah. I think it definitely made me look at marriage a little differently. Okay. And I feel like a lot of women, we we idolize marriage or a wedding, I should say, um, without really understanding what it takes to keep a marriage going. And, my dad's a preacher, and he always tells me this. You know, Reverend King, he's always like, if a man is not led by anything higher than himself, it's like, why would you expect him to not cheat or stay in the relationship? Because it's like, if you're just going to, like, I don't want you to not cheat on me for me. Like, I want you to not cheat because morally you can't, you know, you don't want to do that. You get right. what I'm saying? So my dad always told me that, and I I still believe that like if a man don't have no higher power and nothing that he's answering to like he's not gonna be like he's not really gonna be faithful to me because what is what is his morals and values based off of right i'm not saying you gotta be christian you could be muslim you could be whatever whatever it is but if you don't hold yourself to a higher standard spiritually mentally like i don't really expect a man to just be faithful and stay in a long marriage and also to we're looking at celebrities. These are people with a lot of money, a lot of access to women, a lot of access to, you know, other things, or even they can idolize their, their career more than their marriage, or they prioritize their career more than their marriage. So that's a lot of times that's why it fails. So it's just like, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not. But every time I see that, like my dad's words kind of ring in the back of my head. It's like, if he not being led by something, then why, why y'all expect him to just be faithful? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what's really holding him together as a man? I think that's also still just one side of the story as well. Right. We grew up on T and Tamara. We right. grew up kind of feeling like they were like our older sisters or our childhood crushes or whatever. Right. So I think the majority of people are going to lean in and side with her because it's like... They're looking at her from sister to sister, not taking that aspect of her and knowing that she's still a human. She still has her highs, her faults, her whatever. And when it comes to, uh, what's her uh, dude name? Um, Corey Hardy. When it comes to Corey, not saying he was perfect in it, but he also has a side and perspective as well. But when it comes to situations like this, again, a lot of people or most people are going to side with the people who they're familiar with. And when it comes to just celebrity being a celebrity people side with the characters that they acted out as opposed to the content in their character whatever Martin Luther King said something like that (laughs) (laughs) but but it's like you side with that and again I'm not trying to sound like I'm knocking Tia but because I I still have love for them we We just don't know the full story so it's just like it's just interesting to watch observe and see how people respond to I guess the downfall of some of these relationships that they idolize or might have seen on black love or right. oh my god that's what love looks like no they said the, the black love show is cursed oh yo yo <laughs> because everybody's splitting up yo of a bunch of people who, yo <laughs> but it's just oh, it's an interesting it's just very interesting to and that's that's just something I watch I don't know what the behind the scenes aspect of it I don't know if they're just showing Love or marriage isn't always glitter and gold. Here's the downside of it. I don't know if it's laws on the back end that are being passed to kind yeah. of tell you 
You have options. Like, don't settle if you don't have to settle. But, I mean, yeah, do do, I, I think I heard somebody say they think, like, social media ruin relationships. But also, I, I don't really think it's that. I, I feel like it has to do with the pandemic and then now we outside. We survived the pandemic, y'all. Like, it, it's really winding down and no more masks is, uh, you know, at the schools anymore. But anyway, I say all that to say, like, the life that I had during the pandemic is completely different from how I live now. Right. You know, so think about it. If you're a celebrity, especially, like, somebody like Corey Hardick, who has, you know, a, a high-rated show with All-American Homecoming and everything. Like, he's working more. He's, you know, in the spotlight more. He... Maybe things change for him in his life. He Maybe he's not the same person that he was. So, you know, let's not assume that he cheated. Let's not assume that every guy cheated. Let's not assume that it's always the man's fault. Because it's not. It's not, it's, y'all. It's, we got to give people a break. But, yeah, I don't like I don't like the, how they're highlighting divorces either. It's, just, like it's either. just just something It's just something to just it, – it's, it's, uh, it's not unintentional. I don't feel like – I don't feel like it's unintentional. I just feel like – People, and I guess before we transition, it's just like people have to stop using external things as a reason to why they're responding to things in their personal lives. And what I mean by external things, you can't tell me that a post that you saw on Instagram is the reason why you don't trust men. Let's get to the first time when you felt like you couldn't trust someone right. before you even had a smartphone. You can't use social media as a reason to why... You freaking got triggered by, you feel me, not being able to be faithful because you make your own decisions at the end of the day. Right. Social media might have gotten into people's psyches to re- they realize there's people all over the world. Maybe I got options. But at the end of the day, you still are responsible for the decisions that you make. And I think it's just that. Do not say, oh, social media is the fault. No, you lack accountability. That's mm. the fault. What's she say in your play? Uh, what she say? She said... Men don't want to have labels because they don't want to be accountable or something like right. that. Right. It, it, like men don't want the responsibility of titles because it'll hold them accountable right. for something that they actually signed up for. So right. operating in the gray is kind of like, well, I never said that. Mm. Well, I never agreed to that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a, that's it's it's a slippery slope. And it goes both sides. It's not gender yeah. specific. Yeah, it's not but gender specific. It's people like, operating in that gray, operating in that ambiguity because within that is like, how can you hold me accountable for something I never verbally signed up for? And that don't mean you off the hook, okay? Right. I don't like that. But anyway, what else is going on? Uh, The Jeffrey Dahmer series. The I, Jeffrey I, Dahmer doc. I have so many thoughts. One... I don't understand why people are fascinated. Okay. Because I was infuriated watching that. Okay. Because I felt like... You watched the whole thing, right? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. And I was infuriated because most of his victims were black and gay. And I feel like he got away with a lot because of that. Right. And that was like the most infuriating part. Because I've heard of him before. But I never knew how many of his victims, 11 out of his 17 victims were African-American and the rest were, you know, minorities. I think it maybe was like one white person, you know, out of those 17. A couple white dudes. Yeah. So it was just like watching that and even like seeing Niecy Nash character calling over and over and over again. Now, y'all know if it was a black man and they called once, it would have been a rap. Okay, but since he was white, he lived in this neighborhood, and he all he did was say, "Oh yeah, that's my boyfriend." Why? Why is he out on the street naked? You know what I'm saying? Drunk, delirious, out of his mind. But that's your boyfriend, and y'all just gonna take the victim back to the perpetrator's house. That was just like I was really watching that in disbelief. Like this actually happened. Yeah, that's crazy. That like. Yeah, that's crazy. What did you think about the thing? Because, yeah. So I looked at the doc, and I think for starters, I was like, okay, he got arrested in 1991. I was born in 91. And maybe like a month after he was actually arrested, June 3rd, 91, whatever. But then I was just looking at it. I think 
also from the lens of just a black person, mm-hmm. like, wow, he, this isn't just, you know, uh, LGQT plus privilege. This is also white privilege mixed in with that. This is also like privilege on all, a bunch of different levels. So there was a, a part of me that was disgusted looking at it, but not surprised. There was a part of me disgusted and hurt that um, Glenda, who played by Nisi Nash, kept calling her daughters, kept calling and it was being dismissed. But that's also a reflection of how black women are treated in America, which we'll talk more about in the next because I'm going to segue into that. It was a bunch of different things, but. I'm not going to lie and act like I didn't go down a rabbit hole after watching it. I was like, I need to see the actual footage from the trial. I need this just to try to like get a bigger like grasp on it. Mm-hmm. And to me, we're a mental health podcast, so we could get into like the mental aspect, psyche of, you know, abandonment, the psyche of watching parents and how we idolize. And that's usually the direction we want to go when we're growing up because we're so impressionable. But it did get to a point when he was an independent thinker. Yeah. He, he actually like made those choices. Right. He prayed on the people who he knew when, you know, ruffle the feathers of the officers and things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, again, like disgusted, but not surprised. And I just feel like it hasn't slowed down. It's just put on a different hat. Back in 1991 or whenever he went on his terror, there weren't as many smart, there weren't smartphones. There weren't things where you could easily track people. So he found a loophole to be able to still take advantage of that until his demise. I feel like what that looks like in 2022, if we're being honest and transparent, or how do I say this? I feel like it just has so many different hats and we, we see it shown on social media. Mm-hmm. We see privilege being shown whenever you see an officer gently putting on cuffs on uh, uh, a white criminal. But when it comes to someone who they label just being argumentative, they might be slamming them against a car. Right. They slam slamming down a black pregnant woman. Yes. Yeah. And she didn't really do anything. And she's pregnant. Like, I, but I, I get what you're saying. It's the mistreatment of African-Americans in the justice system. Yes. It still exists. Yes. Yeah still exist and there's still a double standard to you know a black person not doing anything wrong and literally a white murderer who is you know cuffed he's able to be cuffed and put placed into a police car versus shot down so yeah that that's that that still exists it was you know what was highlighted i'm sorry i mean to cut you off what was highlighted was the institutionalized grace that a lot of white people get and white lgqt plus People, it's like grace. LGBTQ plus. Yes. Sorry. I so don't I, mess that up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to mess it <laughs> up. It's definitely not trying to like play up, play all out. But um, it's 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 the grace that would just continues the grace and the benefit of the doubt that we're not always warranted, if ever. Grace, right. benefit of the doubt. People have gotten arrested for less. Right. Literally. People have gotten their car stripped for less. So it was a smack in the face, but at the same time, it was just like. <sighs> It was, yeah, I guess a lot of wounds from the, the victims and the victims' families apparently were reignited. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. It's just like, this here is where we are. mad about that. And honestly, as far as like the mental health side, I I get what you're saying because there, there was a part in the series where he said, like, I knew I was wrong. Right. That's why he confessed to everything. Yeah. Because he knew he was wrong, but like like you said, he made a decision. But I also, I also, because you know I'm a child therapist, and parents did not do a good job in raising him. They, nor did they take accountability, and they did not take accountability. And I think that that guilt even is shown in the series. And the mom, the, his mom, tried to commit suicide. You know, so it's like she knew, she knew she contributed. To what he became. She may not have been the sole cause. Which the parents are never the sole cause of their child turning into something. But they they definitely, you know, ignored a lot. And the dad said that. Like, he, he didn't want to know. He saw the signs. But he didn't want to know. So he stopped himself from 
digging deeper, asking more questions. So just pay attention to how y'all are raising y'all children. And if y'all notice something, don't just not ask about it because you don't want to know the answer. You you gotta you gotta investigate that. You gotta be there for your child. And yeah, that that part, you know, I'm always gonna advocate for the children. <laughs> but yeah, that had something to do with it too. And what's really weird is people dressing up like him for Halloween. Oh yeah. Really weird. And this isn't a knock on the actor who played uh Jeffrey Dahmer or Nisi Nash or this isn't a knock on, on them at all, but right. people Sheep is, I think, is a lot of sheep just being a follower, but also attention-seeking behavior. Right. I know I'm going to ruffle feathers if I wear this. Right. I know exactly. I'm going to be like, "Oh, you actually really look like him." But it's, right. it's and he's not a character. This was a real person who killed real people. It's not funny to dress up like that. Like it's not amusing it's to not me. Fictional. I think it's really weird, actually. And I saw a TikToker who's who's. I guess he's trying to prank his parents by acting like Jeffrey Dahmer and filming it and creeping his mom out. And I'm like, what the, what the hell? People are weird. I'm sorry, mom and dad, but what the hell are y'all doing? People are weird. That's weird to me. That's weird. Why are y'all doing that? Like that, that that's very weird. Um, but my heart does go, go out to the victims families and, Having to see that, I don't, I don't know if I can handle that if I was a part of their family. Like, I don't know if I could handle seeing that and seeing, you know, a reenactment of what it was like for my loved one to get murdered. So, yeah. You know, you know what I think? I, I feel as though a lot of the a lot of the production companies and people who are basically capitalized on the situation, even if you're trying to raise awareness, even if you're trying to tell a story, even if there's some philanthropic aspect of it, I think the park that was never built, if it's kind of like, okay, you gonna make, you should also champion that. If you want to champion the story of reignited, also champion the aspect on how you can still mitigate the wounds or champion the people who were actually really impacted by mm-hmm. this situation. Of course, we, of course, we can all say we're impacted as black people, but I'm saying like the families specific, like what's being done in that aspect of it. If you're really trying to say, look, just telling the story, but also this is how I'm helping mitigate the wounds. Right. You know? At least give them some money from the series or something. I don't know. Do something to lift them if up. If they haven't already, that's just like my yeah. take. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but that's just my take. Yeah. And you, you had another point that you wanted to bring up about black women being ignored. Yes, yes. I, I want to hear that. Yes, because I just be watching stuff sometimes. So before I get into it, let me just play the audio of this Viola Davis interview on Sirius XM. Y'all ready? I'm, I'm ready. ready. Check this out. I love and Viola. I have, to some extent, if I were to be brutally honest, always felt invisible. As a woman, as a dark-skinned black woman, the labels, what you have to fight. I remember hearing uh, a man years ago, who's a white man, who said, I don't think any black women are attractive except for Diana Ross and Donna Summer. And he felt very comfortable saying that. Mm. And I've always felt like I'm waiting to be introduced to the world as Viola. Mm. I want people to see my my beauty. I want mm-hmm. people to see my mess. I want people to see my humanity. And and so that was the fight with this film. Yeah. You know, because talking about women, women in this King. film are seen mm-hmm. in all of their glory. Um but you know what? This is one time it was worth the fight. Yeah, yeah. Was it a deal yes. breaker for you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely it was a deal breaker. I mean, you know, at some point Check you have out, to John. understand that, listen, I think that I have achieved great success in my career. And I have to be honest, I, I thought it would feel different. Mm. I thought I would wow. be absolutely fulfilled. Instead, I felt exhausted you know you're still fighting for you know i'm good but you're still fighting for pay you're still fighting for those scripts that really are going to show your talent you're still fighting and you're still sort of feeling like disillusioned with everything until you realize success is not the cap Mm. it's significance Mm. that's the last cap Mm. so (laughs) so (laughs) 
She went off, and I love me yeah. some Viola Davis. Let's just give her and the cast of Woman King some flowers real quick. But I want to highlight on the point that she said, success is not the cap, it's significance. Mm. And to me, like, that spoke volumes because it's about legacy. It's about the freaking dog whistling or the yelling that you're doing for the generations to come and how you felt liberated on this earth. And I think the reason why I wanted to speak about how black women are treated, especially in the industry, because I'm also in the industry is because I feel as though I have a responsibility of the stories that I tell and how I showcase black women, because that intention isn't always put into effect. Right. Here you go. Viola Davis and her husband, their production company, they did what they needed to do for woman King to get on wheels. And she spoke about how it was so much so many tug of wars from how their hair is going to look and how can we have this film without having some type of like white hero or white woman hero and different things like that. And it's like, now nah, we going to get it done. It's going to be raw. It's going to be transparent. But at the end of the day, it's our story. So how do we make sure that we still funding and getting the budgets for our story? I think there's just so much responsibility placed into that. But woman King was, I really appreciated it because it, it felt real to me. It felt honest. Like you were able to, some people say, well, I feel like they're bashing black women femininity and they're not trying to say black women can be feminine or they have to choose between, you know, being strong or being, you know, uh, feminine and, and, and being a housewife or different things like that. But to me, it spoke volumes because it basically shown that it showed how black women still get shit done. In the most like transparent form, and right. a lot of times, like flowers I aren't still always. always. We always get it. Done. You know what I'm saying? It's, okay. it's just that yeah. aspect, but yeah, I just had to kind of get off my get that off my chest. Like I watching really it. Feel bad that I haven't seen. No, look, check it out whenever you get the chance. But, but yeah, just, I do want to see it, and I did. I catched her interview on the Breakfast Club when they were talking about how it took seven years to get the movie made, and all the things, all the hoops they had to go through and jump through to get it made. But I, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Just even if you look at just black movies, like the history of black movies and leading ladies, and it's, it's normally not a dark skinned woman. That's the leading that lady, like maybe Brown, you know, maybe we got some Angela Bassett's or, you know, uh, Sinai, but it was like the ch- chocolate women as, the main character or the the leading lady who finds love it's it's almost like too what I noticed in some movies it's like the dark skinned woman goes through the trauma you know has the hard life has the rough life and all this like why can't she just have a peaceful life why can't she ha- just have you know and that's why I appreciate kind of insecure because it was just like yeah this is this is our life doesn't have to be super trauma filled and right, people getting raped and all this other stuff uh we can have fun and we can live regular lives as regular black women so I, I appreciate that and you know viola she's she's amazing but it, it is a it's unfortunate that she doesn't get compensated as she should you know because it's like who who, who's better than Viola right now? Like Viola, Viola is definitely a beast. I and mean, I think it's funny that you brought up Insecure because I also was going to talk about Issa Rae. Right now I've seen tweets about Issa Rae uh, speaking out on this actor. I can't think of his name, but just speaking about how women sometimes get swept under the rug when it comes to sometimes just men or whatever, white men doing certain things. And she was just championing that and, I bring it up because I watched the Dahmer doc and I think about Glenda Davis. I'm mm. listening to Viola Davis and just being like, and hearing her and hearing Issa Rae, I just feel like it's a bunch of, I don't even want to misinterpret it or mislabel it as cries, a bunch of just like overt callings of this is what's actually going on. But there's like tears when it comes to black woman voices at times. Sometimes it could be, okay, male white male, white female, black male, black or whatever. There might be a bunch of things in between that, but it just seems like on one breath, I'm happy because it just feels like black women has all have always been championing themselves and championing another. This is how we feel. Right. But I feel like a woman, like woman King 
opened up the lot a lot more doors than people are really acknowledging right right now and i think the moment of me even wanting to talk about this topic or this ongoing conversation is out of just like appreciation like we see you we we see it we hear it and there's going to also require support on all levels for that level of just conversation to continue and for change to actually happen right success and significance is two different things. Like we see a lot of success. Success can be an illusion. Right, exactly. We see a lot of successful dark skinned women in leading roles now, but it's like the significance of them are they getting compensated. So that's a great way for her to word that because it's like, just cause I'm here, that don't mean that I got the bag that I'm supposed to get or, you know, so yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I think we could get to, you know, our, our topic okay. now, you know, we, we went through, well, I did want to mention one more thing, but I don't even want to give it. I don't I want mean, to give it to Give it to him. You're going to give it to him? Give it to him. Honestly, I, I, at this point, it's kind of sad to me, the whole Kanye situation. The Yeezy? Okay. It, it's like, and I really liked the the documentary, the Genius documentary. And I, I really, did as well. You know, my heart went out for him. You know, because that relationship that he had with his mom, it was just so beautiful and so supportive and so loving. And, you know, I, I kind of understood why he lost it. But now, like, I'm starting to think that he has, like, narcissistic personality disorder. Like, I'm not even playing. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm not even playing. Like, he does things for attention and, and it's no remorse. And it's like he thinks so highly of himself like he could do no wrong. And it's no accountability. It just, if you look up the diagnosis for narcissistic personality disorder, Kanye West hits all of those things. And it's just like at this point, people who are supporting him, like the the white lives matter. I think when, when I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Because I'm just. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, when it comes to Kanye, I don't feel like he's as loopy as people try to diagnose him as. I don't think he's as off as people think he is. I feel as though there's a lot of intention behind all of his actions. And when I say a lot of intentions, Mm -hmm. it could be at the detriment of other people's mental health or health or situation. But to me, I feel like he's definitely just focusing on whatever he has in mind narcissistic, whatever my intentions are, cool. But I also think about Donald Trump. When I think about how Donald Trump won the election, he won it by just yelling, being loud, even if things weren't true, even if he wasn't going to stand there. Hey, y'all, this, boom. A bunch of people retweeting his stuff, not knowing attention is attention. Right. Kept doing that until messed around, won the election. Kanye too. Like what feathers can I ruffle so I can get the most eyes on me? I'm right. wearing this shirt at the fashion at fashion week. So all the attention is on me. I'm going to say these things about Lizzo. I'm going to do this screenshot my conversations with these people, different things like that. But guess what? I haven't heard a podcast yet. That hasn't been talking about them. Mm. I haven't been in certain places. Where like, yo, you heard what Kanye has been doing different things like that. So if that's his intention, he's succeeding because all he's going to do is probably get low and then sell something. Get low, sell something, apologize without apologizing, and then it's kind of like, boom, because it's the same thing that keeps happening. Let me rally up as many people as possible, get low, sell something, maybe slap some, I was going through it, on me, do a doc. Yo, around this time in 2022, when I said that, this was actually going on. So it's just like, you feed into what you want to feed into, but when it comes to things like that, I just view it all under one big umbrella of propaganda and what's this person trying to sell me? I think it's a combination of both. Like, before he was acting this way, he already had a knack for, you know, getting people's attention. Right. Right. And then also, I do, I mean, he's admitted to having bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. He's admitted to not being on his meds for that. So I think what I see, and this is just me because I analyze everything, but what I see is just, I do see that genius part of it to get the attention, but also see what it looks like to be untreated and have a Mm. mental health issue. So it's like when you have those things 
clash together, you get outrageous, and then you also get just flat out wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's no nobody's treating, nobody's checking it. So I, I, I think it's I think it's a combination of both. Like I'm not gonna just write it off like oh he's crazy, but yeah he knows what he's doing, but also that man he helped. And on top of that, when it comes to accountability, right? For everyone who feels as though Kanye is, you know, all for the things he's doing and post, I'm one of those. I don't feel like the White Lives Matter, uh, you feel me, attributes to the succession of black culture, black people at all. How do we hold them accountable? How do people hold them accountable? You hold a person accountable in positions like that by not supporting. Right. But, okay, if you really feel this type of way, not... Or, like, even if it comes down to, like, the music aspect, if that's a way for you to hold a person accountable. Because once you attack the pockets, a person you'll get a person attention, like, that quick. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like people might say certain things online, but also not really stand firm in that in reality. Oh, man, F this, F that. But, like, you get on the phone, like, yo, my bad. I actually want you to come to wherever I am in Wyoming and... Let's do this interview because I really feel some type of way. Or would you like to be on my song? Because I wrote a song about how I'm about to heal. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to stand in something, if you're going to pick a side, pick a side. Don't get me started on pick a side. I got a whole nother box. Well, you know, box. that's that's what I want to get into. We're going to get into that. Because the theme of like what I wanted to talk about is just trusting the process. Yes. Because you have a very interesting story about how when you first came out here... And I saw you recently post, like, one night you had to sleep in your car. Yes. And I was just like... I slept in my car. Beans really believed in the process Yes, to get to where he is now. He's not even done yet. But I just want to, you know, kind of interview you about Let's that. Do Let's do it's it. It's like, what does that look like, trusting the process? And when you first came to L.A., what what were you thinking? Like... So, <laughs> so I'm going to walk you through it. So here I am. It's currently October 1st, 2018. I see the palm trees. I feel the weather. I see a Hollywood sign. I notice at the bottom of every palm tree, there's a person experiencing homelessness. So I'm like, wait, this isn't what I've seen on TV. But I'm reminded of that I'm not on vacation. Mm-hmm. So I have these ideas. I want to monetize my creativity. I've already kind of came up with the concept of transparency. I don't really know where I want to go with it, but I'm like, all right, cool. And then thing after thing just kept piling on top from the crib falling through or freaking um, not having as much bread as I thought I had. So I'm choosing between, okay, do you want to stay in the hostel or you want to stay in the car? You go to the hostel, the hostel is crazy. No, my car is way better conditions than this. And then it's a, you fail yourself forward. It's like I never felt like I had it all figured out, but autonomy was the goal to live a life where I feel as though my thoughts have created this living for me. So within that, you run into personality differences. You run into people who don't necessarily want to see you in because your success triggers the insecurities in them. You run into all these different things. People who say, yo, I'm always going to be by your side, but they're watching you growing again and ignites envy inside of them. You run into all these different things and then people start freaking coexisting because they're, they're common. They're trauma bonding. It's so many different things that happen, but you just got to take, take a step back, look at it. And keep it going. So I know I say you got to keep going and different things like that might sound redundant at that. But at the end of the day, I knew my objective of autonomy, my objective of leaving clues for generations to come. Like, look, I didn't have it all figured out, but I just kept finding ways to figure it out. And it always worked out the way it was supposed to. Now that I look back, that's how Beans got here in the seat today. Three sold out, four sold out shows, multiple seasons later, freaking wrote books, all these different things. Successful uh, co-hosts on the podcast came from me believing in myself, learning lessons, not being afraid to speak up for myself. And honestly, I'm going through this now. Believe in people when they pick a side. Mm. When I say by pick a side, everybody ain't for you. And it takes certain situations for you to just kind of be like, okay, bet. When it comes to that okay bet, Meek Mill said it when him and Drake was beefing at the end of a song. He was just like, you pick the side and now you're stuck. Mm. And it's like, this isn't going to slow down at all 
But I'm grateful because, again, I pray, like, dear God, please remove everybody and everything that's not for me. When you say prayers like that, you got to be prepared for what comes with that. Right. Even if it is your childhood bestie. Even if it is like, dang, like, yo, we've been doing business for so long. You don't always know the internal conversations that a person's having with themselves or other people that could be to the demise of whatever you're going through. You just got to be equipped or prepared to just be like, thank you for exposing who you are. Right. Just wait till you see my next trick, though. And, and and we got to stop holding on to people or things just because we've known them for a long time or yeah. just because, oh, no, that's a homie. Or we make excuses for people all the time because we care about them so much. But like Beans just said, when you say a prayer, oh, remove the people out of my life who, you know, are against me or whatever, whatever you have said, it's like sometimes it'd be the closest people to you. Right. And you got to know that what's for me won't miss me. Right. It won't. It never and never will. I'm just super grateful. I'm super grateful for transparency, not just like my project, but like the concept of it, because when it comes to people, how they operate without clarity, all one can do is assume. Mm -hmm. So within that, like I'm so grateful for the transparent conversations that I'm able to have. A lot of people avoid confrontation or avoid communication. Mm -hmm. I don't. I kind of reveal who I am up front. That can be intimidating to some people. But within that, I feel like the best way to operate is without a mask on. So, you know, the people know what they're getting, but also so you can really see them at their core. Right. It's kind of like, you know, you can't be fake around me. You could be fake around other people being fake, but you feel low key, like under a microscope when you run, because I'm like, you don't have to do that. Right. I don't care who your grandfather or your godfather is. I don't care about none of that. Work is the work. Mm -hmm. The work is the work. And it just, I'm grateful for staying committed to my aspect of integrity, my aspect of what Mar I forget the Martin Luther King quote judge people by not the Kool Aid that's pumped in their no. heart, but by the content in their character. No, that, the color of their skin. <laughs> oh, my not bad. Not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. My bad. A lot of people heart pump Kool Aid. So that, no, that's my great great grandfather. So, oh, I was gonna say, you know, it wouldn't be all. <laughs> Gotta but get it right. It's just, it's just, just people. Man. I don't. But, but before we get into, you know, because I want to ask you what you're hinting at. Okay. But we gonna save that for Patreon. We gonna so save that for Patreon. Want, if you want the real, if you want deal, the real deal, exactly what I'm talking about. We got Patreon now, y'all. Yes. And, and my real fans, my real listeners, I know y'all going to tap in. Yeah. I know y'all going to tap in. But if y'all want to hear the real thing, you know, this is where you tune in to Patreon for the full episode. Yes. Okay. All right.